Hello, friends. It's me, the president of Chickenlandia. Did you know that I have a new book that is now available for purchase? You heard that right. It's called Let's All Keep Chickens, The Down-to-Earth Guide to Natural Practices for Healthier Birds and a Happier World. It's now available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, your local bookstore, and more. For more information on how you can grab your copy, just click the link in the show notes. It's so exciting, I can barely handle it. Okay, on with the show. Welcome to Chickenlandia's 100% friendly podcast, Bok Talk. This show will help you learn all about how backyard chicken keeping can be fun, entertaining, and stress-free. Here's your host, the president of Chickenlandia! Hello! Welcome to Chickenlandia, and welcome to Bok Talk, your 100% friendly backyard chickens show. Guys, I am I am going like a thousand miles an hour right now. I just I literally just sat down. I have not eaten. I, so who knows? Who knows what's going to happen today? It's going to be um, it's going to be interesting for sure. <laughs> um, thank you to everybody that is here on the chat and to everyone that is listening on the podcast. Because I don't know if you guys know, but those of you that are here, this is actually the live recording of my podcast called Bok Talk, which is available wherever you listen to podcasts, I think. <laughs> it's like on all the major podcast apps. And um, I think today is like the, oh gosh, what is it, like the 13th or 14th episode? It's crazy. I can't believe... Um, yeah, it's just I've been doing this like every two weeks <laughs> for a long time. I did take a little break there, but we've been going steady. And um, I'm just so glad that people are listening and people are watching. I really appreciate you guys. So today we are going to talk about our favorite subject, quarantine. <laughs> yeah, because because we haven't talked about that enough lately. <laughs> No, actually, we're going to talk about quarantining new chickens. Right now, I'm getting lots and lots of emails from people that are adding new chickens to their flock. Um, And we talk a lot about integration on, you know, in Chickenlandia. We talk lots about how to integrate your chickens in in a gentle way, in an easy way into your flock. But we don't talk a lot about really what you should do if you can, because I know some people can't do it, um, whenever you get new chickens. So I do have a secret that I'm going to tell you guys today. And I have not shared this on social media. I have not talked about it on my videos. You guys are the first to know because you're my loyal Bok Talk listeners and watchers, and I really appreciate that. So stay tuned for that. Um, if you want to submit a question to Bok Talk, so usually what I do is I answer a viewer's question. Uh, today I don't have a question that pertains to what I'm going to talk about, so 
I don't have a viewer question today, but usually I get my ideas or I have an idea and then I pull a question from questions that people send me through my website. And that's welcome to chickenlandia.com. And you go to the contact section and then there's a little drop down menu and you just say, ask a chicken question. And then you can fill your question and I get it. I, I get lots and lots of questions, guys. So um, I can't answer all of them, but I really try. Uh, and then some of them get picked to be on my show. So you never know. You could you could be chicken famous if you submit a question. <laughs> that could be in your future. So I want to say hello to some of the people that are here. We've got lots of folks here today. I see Lavender Lane Farm is here, you guys. Uh, she is one of a, a member of the Welcome to Chickenlandia team. She's a consultant of mine and very knowledgeable. So sometimes if people ask questions in the chat, you know, I don't always, I, I don't always see them because there's lots of questions that come through, and I don't open questions until the end of the show. So first, I'm going to talk about our topic. And then I will open the chat for questions. Um, so I hope I hope you guys will stay for that if you have a question. But sometimes I don't see them. And sometimes I, I might need help with the question. So that's why Lavender Lane is here to uh, assist me. And I see <laughs> David Parker is here. <laughs> you better behave. You better behave, Parker. Uh, Pamela Benet, thank you for being here. Deborah... Uh, Bjornsson, I hope I'm saying your last name right. Thank you for being here. Christina's Corner is here. A possum with anxiety. <laughs> I see I have something in common with this with this possum. <laughs> Non-bread, delicious. Thank you for being here. Renee Coles. Uh, Aaron Burr is here. Uh, I see you have a question. We will open that open the floor up for questions in a little bit. So please hang in there. Daniela Furlan is here. Naranda Dawkins. So many people are here, guys. Thank you so much for being here. So I just want to get into um, the topic. Well, first, I want to talk about something exciting that's happening on Wednesday. The annual Chickenlandia Halloween special is coming out on Wednesday, hopefully, if I finish it. Because <laughs> the reason I'm just like going 100 miles an hour right now and I haven't eaten that much today is because I've just been editing, editing, editing. Um, so for those of you that have been watching for a long time, you might remember a video a long time ago called The Chickenlandia Monster. So... <laughs> Um, and if you haven't seen it, go watch it. It's completely ridiculous in true Chickenlandia form. Um, so on Wednesday, it will be the return of the Chickenlandia monster. <laughs> so I hope that you guys can join me for that. It's going to be a premiere. So you can chat with me while we're watching. Um, and if you haven't seen the first one, it's okay. You'll still hopefully understand <laughs> the second one so yeah i every once in a while will post a silly video i know i have lots of new subscribers so i should explain myself um 
you know, I used to want to be the next great American filmmaker and I went to Hollywood and everything and I was going to be, you know, Steven Spielberg. <laughs> um, and that somehow didn't happen. And so here I am, a chicken lady, the president of Chickenlandia, which is absolutely fine, but I still like to make the occasional little short film kind of thing. So that's what you'll see from me on Wednesday, and I hope it's fun. That's going to be on the 21st at 10 a.m. Pacific time. That's the premiere. And if you're listening on the podcast, I'm sorry, the premiere's already happened. <laughs> so I don't know. Can we go back to the future? Probably not. I don't even, that doesn't even make sense. Um, anyway, um, but you can still watch it. So there that is. So uh, speaking of scary, let's talk about quarantining chickens. <laughs> Just when you thought you were done talking about quarantining, I am bringing it up. So here's my secret. I have two new chickens outside on my porch right now. <laughs> um, if you guys follow me on social media, then you know that I lost my little rooster boy, George. He passed away a couple weeks ago. Um, and so I had a, a little empty space in Chickenlandia. And I hadn't planned on filling it at least not for a while. But then a friend of mine um, called me, when was it? I think it was Friday night. Maybe it was Friday or Thursday. And she said, hey, there's this chicken. I have this chicken and I really, I really need you to take it. And it's a very funny chicken. And you will see the chicken in the video soon. I don't want to give away too much because it's very funny. Um, Anyway, she was in a bad situation, and I'll be telling that story on my channel, so stay tuned for that. So I went and got her, and I also got a cute little friend for her. Um, so they are actually in quarantine right now. They're on our on our back porch, and that's you know a pretty good ways away from my actual chicken yard. Um, and the reason for that is because. Really, the main reason, the main reason, one of the main reasons, actually, that chickens will get sick is exposure to other flocks' diseases. And, um, you know, that's kind of common sense. That's what happens with us. We get exposed to things and, you know, sometimes we get sick and sometimes we don't. So anytime you have an open flock... Um, whether or not you're quarantining or not, there is a level of risk that you will have to absorb if you do that. Now, I rescue a lot of chickens. And so because of that, I know that there is a, you know, more risk than than normal, because usually when chickens are in rescue situations, you know, they're already compromised. So this particular chicken that I rescued, uh, this past week, she has a bit of a health history. So I definitely wanted to quarantine her, keep an eye on her, um, and just make sure that she is okay before I put her with my flock. Um, so 
you know, a, a, a lot of times people will say, oh, well, if you quarantine your chickens when they're, you know, if you quarantine new chickens, then you won't have any risk of disease. And that is actually not true. Um, because like I said, every flock, well, hold on, let me just back up here. I told, I told you guys, I, di I didn't eat much today and who knows what we're going to get. <laughs> so let me start over. Every flock carries its own set of pathogens and every flock is immune to certain things. And in fact, there's different strains of different pathogens in different areas of not only the world, not only the country, uh, but also just in your own county. There can be areas where uh, chickens are immune to one set of pathogens and another area where they're not. So, um, you know, when you take a chicken from one flock, it might seem absolutely well because it's a, it is immune to the pathogens that it has been exposed to in its flock. And then when you, when you take that chicken and you introduce it to another flock, then your existing flock might get sick because they haven't been exposed to those pathogens. Now, as always, your best course of action is going to be keeping your existing flock as healthy as possible. So, um, Good food, clean water, a clean but not sterile environment. Uh, I also use immune boosting herbs and I do have a video about herbs. You can buy like an herbal blend for them or you can grow your own herbs in, in your garden. Um, or even, you know, if you don't have a garden, you can grow them in the house or you can grow them on your porch. It's very easy to grow herbs. So um, I have a video about that. I'm going to put that in the description and I'll also put that in the show notes for you. Um, you want to make sure that they have enough space and you want to make sure that they're not under stress. Those are That's your best defense no matter what with just about anything with all, you know, I mean, even for us, you know, um, those those are the things that we need. And we're learning a lot about that right now. <laughs> Um, with that in mind, it's important to remember that bacteria, viruses, parasites, um, these things are everywhere. Pathogens are everywhere. They're, they're in our environment all over the place. Um, mycopla mycoplasma everywhere. It's a myco mycoplasma galliseptacum. It's a bacteria that causes respiratory problems in chickens, and it can be chronic. So that that is, it's all over the place. Coccidia is everywhere. It really, it's everywhere, but there are different strains on, of it. So, you know, gradual exposure is great. If you have a, a flock, you have baby chicks, they go outside, they're with their mother hen, they get, or they're with you, and they get exposed to the coccidia that's in their environment, and they build immunity to that. But then if you bring another chicken from another environment that has immunity to a different strain of coccidia, then that's when coccidiosis can happen, which is an infection, a parasitic infection of the intestinal tract. Um, and you don't, you don't want that. And then they would need medicine. So, um, but it's good to 
to think about it in terms of, you know, these things are all over the place. Um, even Merrick's, okay, which is like the boogeyman among chicken keepers. Um, really, people are terrified of it. But in reality, Merrick's disease is just all over the place. Um, especially where I live. I'm in the Pacific Northwest. It's everywhere up here. And, and the same thing, there are different strains of it. And some strains are very, very virulent. And some strains, you know, your chickens may carry it and you will never know. Um, if your chickens have been vaccinated for the Merrick's, for Merrick's disease, they can still be infected by the disease. The vaccine does not stop infection. And I'm not, before you freak out. <laughs> I'm not telling you not to get your chickens vaccinated, but I think you should know that the vaccine does not stop infection. It stops, it lowers mortality and it lowers symptoms of the infection. So, you know, I, I see a lot of people that are like, oh, you know, my chickens have been vaccinated for Merrick's and so they're going to shows and stuff like that. But one thing to consider is that you can actually infect other flocks without knowing it. So it's an, it's important to just be aware of that and take precautions if you need to. Oh gosh, I am just talking so much. Look at all these people that are here. Oh my gosh. I think this is, this is, this is good. <laughs> Lots of people here. Thank you so much for being here guys. So if you have questions, just uh, hold on to those and I will be opening it up for questions in just a few minutes. So um, also internal, external parasites, those things are everywhere. I swear, like, my nemesis is scaly leg mite, which um, I have had many, many times in my flock. I feel like I'm always fighting it. And the reason for that is because I have rescued a lot of chickens. And when you rescue chickens, those things happen. Um, so... I am, I'm going to admit this to you guys, and I've been judged for it many times in the past, but, you know, I always try to keep it real, and I want to make sure that, um, you know, chicken keeping stays accessible for everybody, and I want us to, you know, be really open-minded as a community and kind to each other as a community. That's what I'm always talking about. For a long time, I did not quarantine new chickens. <laughs> I said it. I said it. And I have I have been judged for that. Um, and I always would put like a disclaimer in my videos, like, look, don't do this. You really should be quarantining your chickens. But, you know, the reason I didn't do that is I just didn't have a good setup at the time. And I didn't have the space to do it at the time. And I think one of the one of the issues that and it kind of bugs me is that you know, when people make rules around chicken keeping, they're really looking at things um, according to their situation. But a lot of people don't have a lot of space and they just don't they may not be able to quarantine their chickens, do quarantine new chickens. And I I believe in the sustainable practice of keeping chickens and I want that to be accessible for everybody. So I don't want to judge people harshly if they're not able to do everything perfect. Um, of course, the best case scenario is for you to quarantine your chickens for at least two weeks and keep an eye on them 
you know, if they're listless, if they're puffed up, if they have any kind of nasal discharge or sneezing, coughing, those are the kind of things that you want to keep an eye out for. But even if you quarantine for two weeks, even if you quarantine for a month, you might you might still bring something into your flock. There's still there is still a level of risk there. So I just want you to be aware of that because of what I said before, chickens can carry pathogens and you may never know that they're carrying them. So I don't want to scare you, but I do want to make sure that you're aware of that. So when you're quarantining chickens, like I have mine pretty far away from my flock and you will want to do, you will want to keep them as far away as possible from your flock. You don't want to wear the same shoes or boots that you wear, you know, you don't want to wear them between flocks. You want to wear different shoes uh, just so you're not spreading anything between the two groups of chickens. And then you also don't want to use the same food bowls or the, you know, any of the same equipment between the chickens, because then you could be exposing them uh, unknowingly to some new disease. Uh, And like I said, during that time, you're going to watch and make sure that they're okay. Definitely check for mites and lice. They probably have them. (laughs) It's like, like, especially this time of year, it is mite and lice season this time of year. So whenever I get a new chicken and they're, they're pretty stressed out, I will give them vitamins, probiotics, and electrolytes. I will mix some immune boosting herbs into their feed. Um, And then I will put a product called Rescue Remedy. And I don't have it. I usually have a little bottle here with me, but I don't have it right now. It's a a homeopathic flower remedy. Um, You can find it at like, you can find it at any health food store. You can usually find it at like Petco or PetSmart. It's called Rescue Remedy. And I'll put a couple of drops of that into their water every day. And that can kind of like just help them to calm down. I put it in the new chicken's water and I put it in the existing flock's water. And and definitely when I'm integrating them, I will also do that because that's a stressful situation for everybody involved. So after a couple weeks, longer if you can, then you can start the integration process. And hopefully, um, usually, if everything seems okay, then it is going to be okay. I want you to remember that because I always try to say, you know, don't don't worry. Don't get too stressed out. Everything's going to be fine. And usually it is. But I want to equip you with the right information. I want you to be informed when you're going into it. And I want you to know the level of risk. In my situation, I bring in so many new chickens that I absorb a lot of risk, but it's always risk versus risk. Because if I, if I didn't do that, then there'd be, there wouldn't be any rescue chickens here. And I think that's really important. So it's worth it for me. Okay, guys. So uh, we have some time. And if you have a question, I want you to post it in all caps. And I will answer your question if I can. And if not, we'll call in the reinforcements. (laughs) So yes, type your question in all caps so that I can see it. 
Oh, okay. So I have a very important question. I want to believe is asking, um, I noticed your poster. Are you a filey? So <laughs> they want to know if I'm an X-Files fan. Yes, forever. Uh, the truth is out there. <laughs> so yeah, if you have any questions, now is the time to post it. And if you would like to submit your question to Bok Talk, you can do that by visiting my website, welcome to chickenlandia.com. Go to the contact section and there's a little drop down menu and I want you to click ask a chicken question. So I'll get it. I love to hear from you guys. Green Dream Project is here. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, okay. Blissy Bean. How do you deal with chicken loss? So I think you're still typing. Because you put I just and then nothing else. Um, yeah, t tell me. Tell me what happened. So how I deal with it is I, I, I let myself be sad. And I don't listen to anybody that is saying it was just a chicken. And I don't listen to anyone who's invalidating my feelings of loss. And I you know, just a allow myself to grieve. And I think that that goes really for anything like, oh, Blissy Bean says I lost her to a predator. That is hard because I, I think that's hard because there's a lot of guilt usually involved with that. But here's something that I will always say to people who feel terrible because they lost their chicken. And certainly if they lost it to a predator, your chicken lived a great life while it was here and it had a better life than most of the chickens in the world. Most chickens in the world do not have a good life. You know, they're in factory farms and you were able to give your chicken a wonderful life while it was here. It got to peck and scratch. It probably got treats. If you're, if you're in this chat, you probably spoil your chickens. <laughs> <laughs> because that seems to be my audience. <laughs> so um, just remember that. And I am so sorry. And I think your chicken was lucky to have you. So remember, remember that. Okay. Uh, CD asks, I was gifted a one-legged black sex link hen four months ago, along with seven fertilized silky eggs. Long story short... I need to now integrate them and it's not going well. Help, please. CD, I, my podcast that I did last uh, two weeks ago, actually, the title of it is Help, My Chickens Won't Integrate. And that seems like what you need to go and listen to. You can listen to the podcast or you can watch the live. It's, in, it's listed on my videos on YouTube. It it really depends a lot on what's going on, what your setup, you know, what's happening with your setup, the age of your chickens, the size of your chickens. So there's a there's a lot um, that needs to be considered. And I think if you go and listen to that, you'll probably get some good information. And if you have additional questions, you can submit those questions through my website. I invite you to do that and I'll keep it. I'll keep an eye out for it. Okay. But the main thing that I will tell you is to be very patient. If you have a chicken that has more of a vulnerability than the other chickens, like a one-legged chicken, then there may be some special considerations. You may have to 
have kind of a different setup for that because sometimes um, when chickens are just not, you know, they have too much of a difference between the rest of their flock, then it's harder to integrate them. But I, I mean, I really have not met a chicken that I couldn't integrate. So usually it just takes a lot of patience and you just have to go really slow and remember that they are chickens, that they are going to work out the pecking order. It's, it will be difficult to watch if there's not blood being drawn or, you know, significant bullying going on, then I wouldn't worry too much about it. Um, the moment that blood is being drawn, then you have to start the process or over. But yes, please go and listen to that uh, podcast. And I think you will get a lot of good information from that. And I hope it helps. Naranda Dawkins. I hatched my flock and I have too many roosters. That's That's a common issue. How do I get them to a new home? Well, there are a few avenues that you can take. I also have a podcast about, uh, what to do with extra roosters. I think that, you know, it used to be that you could go on Facebook and you could post them in the chicken groups. And there's some groups where you can still do that, but it's technically against Facebook rules. Craigslist is another place where you can go and post your rooster. Um, There may be local auctions that you can go to, although, Um, please check it out because some auctions are not great. Um, And I, you know, it's, it's hard for me to recommend that because I'm, I'm not a, uh, auctions are hard for me, but yeah, I mean, I would, I think if it were me, I would go through first, I would contact my community. So if you have anywhere where you have a, a chicken community, I would reach out to that community and let them know that you have a rooster that you want to rehome. There's no reason why you couldn't look at this the same way you look at rehoming a dog or cat if you if that's what you need to do and make sure that you vet whoever decides whoever, you know, contacts you to take your roosters because there are people there's certainly people that will want to eat them and that may may or may not be okay with you. And there's also cockfighting still going on, okay? So um, especially if you post on Craigslist, you have to be really careful. And I, if I was rehoming a chicken, I would check out where they lived. And, you know, you can do that by just saying, okay, well, I, I want to drop them off. And if you don't like what you see, you can just keep going. And, you know, don't worry about what they think about you. <laughs> you just keep going because if you don't then you will feel bad. So, but you may want to listen to that podcast and see if you can get some more ideas from it. Kiss My Grass says, I have had many people say, it's okay to give your chickens bananas. (laughs) What is your view? I think it's okay. Um, I'm a big advocate for giving healthy scraps to chickens. I know that... Um, in this day and age, in the in this chicken day and in this modern chicken world that we're living in, a lot of people will say, "Oh, don't give any scraps to your chickens. That's not healthy for them." 
But in, in the interest of keeping chicken keeping accessible, in the interest of keeping chicken keeping something that people of all uh, economic levels can do and enjoy and and have the benefits from, I say supplementing with some scraps is a great idea and it's a very sustainable practice. I mean, that's what we've been doing with chickens for millennia. Uh, chicken feed is a relatively new thing. <laughs> but I am, you know, of course, I do feed my chickens chicken feed, but I also supplement with a little bit of scraps. And I think bananas, you know, I mean, bananas are healthy. You don't want to like go bananas and give them too many bananas. <laughs> Keep it balanced you know, give them a little bit. And I'm sure they will absolutely love that. In fact, if you're eating one, they might jump into your lap and start to eat it with you. <laughs> Deb Deborah Bjornsson says, my chickens aren't spoiled. They have me well-trained. <laughs> oh no. Okay. So my friend Christina's corner says that uh, thing two, her chicken, and we were talking about her on the last uh, Bok talk. She has a chicken thing one and thing two. And she, she talks about them on her, um, on her channel, Christina's corner. She said that thing two sadly passed away on Thursday. I'm so sorry, Christina. Um, that was a loved chicken. That was a loved, a loved and lucky chicken. So I think you can feel very good about the time that they, the, the time that thing too was here with you, Earthside. Uh, how common is, oops, oops, I skipped forward. Non-bread, I'm getting a craving over here. <laughs> Non-bread, how common is bumblefoot? How do you treat it? Antibiotics in wrapping the foot? Well, bumblefoot, so... I am not someone that is going to tell you to do surgery in your home on your chicken. I just think that there is a little bit too much risk there, not only in introducing more bacteria into your chicken's foot um, and causing infection that way and, and uh, furthering the illness that way, but also... Uh, bumblefoot is a staph infection, and it can be dangerous for you to be exposed to that. So my recommendation for you would be to get a product called PRID, P-R-I-D. It is a homeopathic drawing salve, and it's in a little orange, like a, gosh, what do you, it's like a, a I don't know what you call it. It's like a, a, a tiny tub. <laughs> I know that there's another word for that, but I can't think of it right now. Um, and I think you can get it like at Walmart um, in some places, probably not everywhere. You can definitely get it on Amazon. It is, it is homeopathic. Um, so it's, it's fairly natural. I think it does have like parabens in it. Can't win them all. Um, so this is what I would do. I would nightly, Soak the foot in Epsom, warm Epsom salts water for a good 15 minutes or however long your chicken will sit there. <laughs> soak the foot, get it nice and, and soft. Take the prid, it's like an ointment, and just 
really slather it on the the site of the infection, wrap it in some vet wrap, and do that every night if you can. You definitely don't want it to get like all dirty and stuff. So you want to change that bandage out. Now, what should happen is that it should draw the infection out. And I have known many people that have done this. And they really, and these are people that have done the bumblefoot surgery and then it came back because it is prone to coming back. So I really think that I would try that first before getting a scalpel and cutting into my chicken. That's personally what I would do. And then hopefully after some time, it will draw the infection out and it will just pop off or it'll come off, come out by itself or it can just you could just scrape it off. So try that if the, if that's what you're doing. And I would not I I'm not a big antibiotic person. Um I believe that there is a place for antibiotics. I've certainly given individual chickens antibiotics before, but I I am not someone that you're going to hear telling you to give antibiotics to your whole flock. And I am not somebody that is going to tell you to give antibiotics to your chicken if you don't know that there is infection going on. And always the best course of action is to get an, a, you know, get a diagnosis from a licensed veterinarian. So um, I know that's not possible for everybody, but I, I do have to say that 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 would be the best case scenario. Um, so I hope that helps. OK, guys, I'm going to do one more question. God's third acre. I have a hen that keeps falling over. What could be wrong? You know, that could be any number of things. It could be an injury. It could be a vitamin deficiency. It could be disease. I just really have, you know, there's no way for me to know that. And unfortunately, with chickens, a lot of different ailments present in the same way. Um, so what I can tell you is I would offer supportive care to that chicken, bring that chicken inside, put it in a, a nice quiet place where the temperature is controlled. I have a, a protocol that I call the REST, the REST method, R-E-S-T. And this is just a very easy to remember protocol for chickens that are you know, in shock, super stressed out. And there's a variations of it, but in general, chickens that are sick or chickens that have an injury. Now, of course, depending on what is going on, you need to treat the injury. And if you find out what the illness is, you treat that. But just in general supportive care, I would say follow the rest method. So the R stands for remove from flock. So definitely if, you, definitely if you have a chicken that can't stand up and keeps falling over, going to remove that chicken from the flock. Um, you can offer electrolytes, vitamins, and probiotics. And you can get those at any farm store. We'll have them. There's even recipes online for making your own electrolytes for chickens. Uh, so you can go that route. The S stands for scrambled egg, which is a great protein boost for chickens. Um, usually they can't help but eat it. So sometimes chickens just need to get, you know, they need to get uh, to be tempted a little bit to eat. So that's a, a, a nice comfort food that you can give them that will also give them some strength. 
And then the T stands for temperature control. So if when your chicken's in a compromised state, you don't want them to have to fight to stay, you know, you don't want them to have to be working on staying warm or working on staying cool. You want to put them in a, in an area where the temperature is controlled. So I bring mine inside and I put them in the bathroom, <laughs> which, which is a, becomes a mess. Um, but you know, what can I say? I love them. Or if you have an area where maybe you have some supplemental, some safe supplemental heat, so like a heating panel or some type of radiant uh, brooder or panel, you can put them, put them there, like in your garage or a shed or whatever. But the main thing is you just want them to rest. And then, you know, for something like that, I would really start researching um, injury vitamin deficiency. Um, and then of course, uh, your best course of action is going to be to consult a veterinarian about that. And I wish I could tell you exactly what was wrong, but that that's definitely a serious issue. And, um, you know, I just, I can't, I can't, can't tell you exactly what it is, but, um, I hope that it works out. Keep me updated on that. So guys, um, Thank you so much for being here today and for listening. Lots of exciting things going on in Chickenlandia, guys. I have some things going on and I hope I can tell you about it soon <laughs> because I've been working really hard, but I don't know if I can tell you about it yet. Make sure and submit your questions to welcometochickenlandia.com if you want them to be considered for Bok Talk. Um, I love hearing from you guys. So, do that. And I would love that. Uh, I am on all of social media. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter. I'm even on TikTok for as long as we have it. <laughs> so please join me there. And the main thing I want you guys to do is to always remember that you're always welcome in Chickenlandia. Thanks so much, guys. I want you to have a great night. We'll see you next time. Bye. Dahlia Monterosso, also known as the president of Chickenlandia, is a backyard chicken educator in Northwest Washington. To submit your question to Bok Talk, visit welcometochickenlandia.com. We'll see you next time. Bye. -bye.